I mean, why do we work this hard if we don't have a legacy to live for? If we don't have more to us than just we're a real estate agent. Welcome to the Consistent and Predictable Income Community Podcast. The CPI Coaching Method is the only system that teaches real estate agents your way to no-broke months. Get started with this proven step-by-step system that'll give you consistent and predictable income in no time. Jennifer Wenner is the CEO, a team leader of the Wenner Group. She owns multiple businesses, investment properties, and is also a Forbes author. Jen is a mom of four, a polymath, and a foodie. Jennifer got into real estate in 2003 as an investor and became the top agent in her office within the first full year of being in real estate. In the great real estate market crash of 2008, she pivoted to working with IEO, short sales, and investors, which taught her a lot about grit. Jen started her team in 2014 and was able to sell 373 homes and over $178 million in real estate volume in 2020. In this interview, Jennifer will share paths of leverage in real estate to have a consistent business and live a more balanced life. My name is Dan Roshan. I'm the host of the CPI Podcast, which is the real estate show designed to help top producing agents leverage and scale your business, allowing you to earn more money in less time for seasoned agents to help you get to the next level of stable income and for new agents to help you find the right way to freedom and money so that each of you can reach your potential as a person and as a real estate agent, which means you'll have certainty in your future. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the show. Hello, consistent and predictable income community. My name is Dan Roshan. Today, I am really grateful to be joined to have Jennifer Wainer joining me. And she is the CEO of the Wainer Group with EXP Realty in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, she's a multiple business owner, investment properties, and an author. We'll learn more about her book today. And Jennifer and I are going to be talking about the path of leverage in real estate and how you can leverage in your business to be able to have consistent outcomes, consistent closings, and consistent business. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you so much, Dan. I'm honored to be here. And Truly honored to be here on this topic because I think this topic is so important and I have a very unpopular opinion on it. So. Oh, I love unpopular <laughs> opinions. Yes. And, uh, you know, I kind of backtrack before I get to my unpopular yeah. opinion. Um, you know, I started real estate in 2003. It was like October. And um, so excited. Like I just got busy quick and I had come from serving tables. I, was, I saved all my money and bought two flip properties here and had like barely two nickels to scrape by. So I was like, you know, hitting the ground running. But then you know, I have a couple listings. It got it was Thanksgiving. So it only been like a month. And I was getting calls. I'm a worker bee, but I like my time off. <laughs> there is a lazy person inside of me <laughs> that is like, believe me, I'm trying to find them, but um, but there's a system to everything. So I saw right then I was like, there's no way in well, I will work seven days a week on on holidays. I'd already had a six year old daughter at that time, and um, that was two thousand three. 
Well, fast forward, I have four kids. And then I see agents struggling. I see agents all the time, very successful, very driven agents. But if we look at the big picture, like there's only time for money that you can exchange, right? And then there's the lifestyle. You know, we're raising kids, like beyond kids. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you like to do things beyond real estate. Maybe you like to hike, yoga, maybe you like to play softball, whatever it is. Like I see too many agents slaves to not a business, not even a business, but just a job, a career, you know, and doing the same thing day in, day out. And that's that part is not me. I'm an, like an engineer. I'm an artist at heart, but a, a capitalist by trade. And uh, so I, I hired my first assistant back then. I didn't know what I was doing. Teams weren't popular, but I just knew there was no way I'm going to do all this stupid paperwork crap. There's no way I'm going to be posting the same ad. It's not the best use of my time. I knew where I, I right away where I was good at because I'd been a cocktail waitress where you had to deal with whatever came at you because it was all about tips. And I've been a mom since I was 18. So I've always, I've been on my own since then. So, so, you know, I had a lot of risk, you know, nobody was taking care of me. I've always been the breadwinner in our house and um, my parents aren't, don't, I don't come from wealth. Actually, there's not a single capitalist in my family. My unpopular opinion, though, for real estate agents is every real estate agent needs a team, okay. every single one, because you all got into this business for, you know, the unlimited potential, right? You the freedom, the money, you know, and you find that you quickly become a slave. You're quickly working seven days a week on not even good stuff, sometimes BS stuff, sometimes clients text you at 10 o'clock. So I knew I needed a team. I didn't know how to build one. This again, this 2003, four, I got an assistant. I leveraged that assistant very much. And then I also was an investor and building and developing, thought I was Donald Trump. Um, I had like 12 luxury properties, multiple multifamily, and then the market crashed. So I did go a brief amount of time where I literally was giving birth to my third child and he came on a Tuesday. I was supposed to be induced on a Friday because I'm very organized. And I am like canceling showings on the way to hospital while having contractions. It hurts. I've gotten uh, epidurals for my last one. So I was like, get me to that epidural. And uh, then we get, I get my epidural. My dad's doing an REO for me and on my laptop in the corner. He's like asking me questions. How much, uh, how much for a, a, an extra garage, a three car garage. And I'm on the line saving a short sale. The doctor comes in and tells me you got to push. I'm like, I need five minutes. I'm on the supervisor. This goes to foreclosure tomorrow. That was 2010. I don't ever want somebody to be in that position that I was in that I couldn't even give birth to my child without, you know, maintaining my business. And even before that, the defeat, utter defeat I had been in from losing everything I had, where now I'm worried about this deal doesn't close. I don't pay my mortgage. I remember very distinctly my credit card getting uh, declined for Lice shampoo. Lice shampoo. My daughter has lice. My credit card gets declined. That's embarrassing. Well, I knew when I was building things back, you know, I can't be scared to build again because you can't let fear hold you back. I didn't really start building the team till 2014. I'm fast forward. We're eight years later. And yeah, we're, we're a bigger team. And while my opinion is not every agent needs to have a big, huge, massive team. You also can't build on one person. I know that. <laughs> build on one person. They get in a bus crash. They get sick. They, 
you just get the job back. They have a baby, you know. Or they like just that, change right? life paths. And that happens. On this path to leverage, you a lot of different ways to leverage. There are smart ways to leverage. There's a lot of stupid ways to leverage. I well, failed Jennifer, so many times on that. <laughs> I want to learn more about that. But before I do so, and I want to take a step forward and then take a step back. So step forward, sure. or at least uh, to today, right? So yes. I know in 2020 or, or last year, you, you closed almost 400 homes. Is that correct? Yeah, we did about 203 million, a little over 200 okay. million. Okay. And then what does your team look like? What's the structure of your team today? So now we are building our team to close 750 units. This year, I'm more unit-driven. And we have now, I've also invested money. So we have the leadership team, the platform to get there. So we have about 12 on staff. We do use virtual assistants at a high level. And part of that staff is our sales development representatives, or sometimes they're called inside sales agents. And so while they're also income-producing roles, they're still on staff. And we have uh, 35 agents. We are looking to probably get to around 50, but we're only looking for the best. Um, one thing we have, we implemented last year, which was a success. One of it, one big success was I didn't run it. I didn't manage okay. it. And it was successful on its own. Um, Tara, my sales manager with my operations manager. And, you know, I taught classes because I love to do that. But we now have um, every month we start our what's called a fast track intensive. So if you're new or if you're green, you go through two weeks of intense. Now I'm talking intense every day. There's an activity, there's homework. And if you don't pass, go, if you don't complete, you're not showing up. You don't, you know, that's our pathway to the team. But our team's not for everybody, right? Like there, this is what we expect and what we deliver is higher than where you can probably find somewhere else. If you're looking just for the cheapest shop in town or you don't need support or leads or the client experience or want to learn, if you don't share our core values, probably wouldn't fit in and that's nothing wrong. So the cool thing about our network is that we have additional pathway. You know, they could either join another team in our network. They can join as a solo agent. They could grow their own team. And so that part of the business with, you know, lucky to be with EXP, more importantly than probably EXP is just the network that we have to tap into all the opportunities they have to tap into with both our company and our network. So there, the cool thing is, is that one of my tips, no matter where you're at is they say, always be recruiting. And that's true. And we have, when we stop that, when we've broken that rule, which we have, not intentionally, or we didn't have as much fuel in that, that's when we got into trouble. But okay. always be building, right? So like always me, be building. Let me break this apart if I could, because like, I want to get yes. real good clarity on the organization. So what I heard you say is that a team of virtual assistants at a high level, you have Tara, who's your team leader. You sales have an manager. Sales manager. Yeah, okay. so you have right. an operations manager that pretty much operates as a team leader. We have a full-time media manager who does, um, we've been on video. She We actually just monetized our YouTube channel. She, that is all on Dana. Dana is amazing. <laughs> um, she has our team videos, our team media. We have a social media manager. We do have a full-time receptionist and office manager. We do a lot of gifting. So she helps with that. We have transactional uh, TC and a listing manager. And then each one of our administrative roles always has a full-time virtual assistant. We also have a database manager who also runs our SDR department and our data. What's SDR? 
sales development representative. So they're getting appointments and helping nurture the pipeline for our agents. Okay. So Dana is your media manager. You have an office manager. You have a listing manager, a transaction coordinator, and a social media. Are those all local? Yes. To you? Okay. Yes. And then each of those have one virtual assistant? Yes. Okay. And then your agents, do they have a virtual assistant? Right now, they're tapping into the team for their leverage, but we are implementing now that our agents are getting to the point where they're 20, 25 million and they're reaching that um, point of dimension returns is teaching them how to leverage, whether it be with showings or an assistant. So yes, a couple of our agents do have full-time assistants. Um, We actually help based on your time on the team and where you're at production-wise, we actually help with the costs of some of that to have um, additional assistant just for them. So is that seven staff? 12 plus a virtual assistant. Okay. And then how many virtual assistants? 12? No, no. We have uh, right now, I'd say some of them are shared. Um, I think we have six. Okay. So six virtual assistants, 12 local staff, and Mm -hmm. 35 agents. And then that's producing 400 or so sales? Yeah. And we did staff up. We added an additional SDR. We added our TC, uh, our listing manager, in addition to the TC. We hired the office manager. So I also have an executive assistant. And I will say that not all of this is just for the team now. Now that we're, we have like multiple businesses, some of them have additional responsibilities with our, like our network. We pour into our downline. We coach. I have a coaching company. So. We do quite a lot. So some of them have, they're deeper into their roles and it's why they're such experts at what they do. All right. Thank you for letting me sort of, you know, unravel all that because I wanted to make sure that we give as much clarity to the uh, the listeners and the viewers as possible. Hey there. If you are a real estate agent and if you've been an agent for a second or more, you realize that there's sometimes peaks and valleys in your income that at the least make you feel anxious. And if you are looking to get rid of those peaks and valleys and you're seeking to have that consistent and predictable income and to specifically take listings in today's market when it's near impossible to get a buyer under contract, I invite you to a five-day listing domination challenge that I'll be hosting where you'll discover your way, not mine, your way to take listings and you'll be able to understand where to get seller leads who are ready to hire you right now in today's market and know how to get hired more often. I invite you to join us. It's a free five-day listing domination challenge. You can visit www.5daylistingchallenge. That's the number five, www.5daylistingchallenge.com. So go ahead and visit www.5daylistingchallenge, and I'll see you online. So you mentioned in 2014, so your first assistant was in 2003, but 2014, you really started to build the team? Yeah. And I'll tell you who my first uh, team member was. His name was Jay and he was in India. When I started to build my team back, I didn't have a lot of money. And so I got a referral for a virtual assistant. I think back then it was $7.50 an hour. Maybe it was a little bit less. You can find them for less, but it depends where you find them. It's a whole other conversation. But what I did is I don't like details. I hate getting stuck in the weeds. But I forced myself, I locked myself in my back room 
and made Screencastify videos and just, this is how you upload a listing. This is how you do a virtual tour. This is how every time a lead comes in, you're going to send this email. This is before a lot of AI and automation, but I didn't also know what I was doing. So I just spent eight hours, uploaded them to YouTube in a private channel. And that was the training. And I got my virtual assistant, they would watch the videos and then they, you know, I'd start training them from there until I hired my first um, real assistant, which was 2014. Shortly there or thereafter, I found my first buyer's agent who is still with me today, eight years later. It's grown a lot since then. But back then I didn't have systems. When I got a lead, I was forwarding emails to my buyer's agent. That was where our systems were at. I mean, I know an agent that like would literally take, here's the piles of leads. This is Mm -hmm. about 15, 18 years ago. Left leads were leads that were untouched, leads that were called. And the next day, any leads that weren't called went back to the left pile. Not a great system today, but it's still a system. So she's talking about, for those listening, about a piece of paper, you know, like an old school like file or something and say, hey, here's a lead that we're supposed to call now. And here's a lead over here that, you know, we're supposed to call tomorrow. Like, you know, still works. So you mentioned that you had some success with the help. I'm curious, what have your challenges been with the help? Yeah, and that we could spend the next three hours on just my failures. (laughs) What's your Um, biggest failure? What's the biggest pain? Like the biggest thing where you're like, oh, not being as prepared up front and setting clear expectations. So going through the interview process at a deeper level, you know, having better questions to ask doing a better vetting, having them do, we do like a working interview. So if like, say you're going to apply for our social media manager. Okay, here's some homework for you. Um, make a post, put it here, show me what you would do. And you depend on how they would work. Also seeing if they're going to show up and do the work before they even get the job. Yeah. And also give us a sample of their work. And uh, if it's an agent, you know, you also have to go through our, if you're an experienced agent, even give me a presentation, show me, here's our buyer presentation. I just need you to deliver three slides of it, you know, just to see, you know, get a sample of who you're working with because everybody's going to show up and say, Oh, I'm great. I'm amazing. And yeah, I love this job. I want this job so bad. And I'm going to try so hard or whatever it is. Agents are going to say, yes, I'm motivated. I'm hungry. I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, it's it's our actions, not our words. So putting them through grit tests, putting the, um, having the clear job descriptions, having the clear 30, 60 and 90 day benchmarks to clearly define where they should be at each um, point. You know, that first 90 days is critical. And it's also something to keep in mind, because if you've done the thorough process and you've like, you know, more likely that you're getting a better candidate fitted to that role. And make sure the alignment is very clear and correlates with the activities they're going to be doing in that role. So you know how to measure their return on investment. What are their key performance indicators if they're an agent versus a TC? And I know it's a loaded topic, but inspect what you expect. You know, put that on the What's loaded about it? Well, what's loaded is there's many different roles. And uh, coaching agents, I have to meet them where they're at. And I love coaching agents that are right around that $20, $22 million mark, because I know that's where you hit a point of diminishing returns on your time, your money, your stress level, your overall enjoyment of life. So, but your business might be more unique than mine. Uh, You, I mean, every business is a little different. I've learned this. Every market's different. 
coaching agents across the nation, masterminding with agents across the nation. I learned there's no exact formula, but there's an exact formula of like some foundations and like, I'll put a shout out. I don't have get any money for this, but traction has been one of the, the foundations of how I run my business. The What's traction? Traction is Gino Wickman. Um, it's a book. And you can also, through the EOS process, you can even hire an EOS coach, a traction coach. And for anybody that's listening that is, you're a solo right now, or maybe you even have leverage, but you don't have like a true integrator, a true partner, Rocket Fuel is a book that is the, goes along with traction, but it really goes along with the relationship of the visionary, which is typically your team leader, which is usually the crazy, creative, like crazy one, like. But the integrator is the one that actually implements all of your crazy ideas. You might have a thousand crazy ideas. They're the ones that go take the two or three good ones and implement them. See, Jolene, I'm not that crazy. Jennifer just said that. I'm talking to my integrator. So, you know, we're, I'm sitting around on Friday night. We're partying with them. Five of like just lady leaders, like 50 million, 100 million, 200 million producers. And we're all look like we're probably drunk. I don't drink, but they probably had one or two drinks. For life of the party, we realize we're crazy. So yeah, you have to be a little crazy to be to want it this bad in this business, especially consistently. When you're bringing somebody on, how long are they going to try out before they you would consider them? So I know you're going through the 30, 60, 90 day benchmarks. And then I also heard you say that you're going to give them like a trial and, and that trial may be different for an agent than for a staff member. How long would you have before they get to day zero? Uh, you know, of going through a process of, well, come on board and let's just see what you can do. And then, you know, before you make a decision that, okay, we'll see for the next 90 days if it works. Well, first of all, catching it early. And, you know, a lot of agents have the mindset of like, say it's a $60,000 a year job you're hiring for. Okay. When the agent's mindset is I'm hiring somebody for $60,000, I don't have $60,000. You're not, it's not a $60,000 investment. Fifteen. It's a $5,000 investment because you will yeah. know in the first 30 days if it's a fit or not. If yeah. they're making progress. Now, some other tips below just the reviews is the start of day and end of day reports. You know, you are going to do a little micromanaging up front. Um, but put it on them to do it. So you just give them the template. This is what I want start of day. This is what I want end of day. And so that way, every single day, you're keeping tabs and progress on what they're doing. And you might find before 30 days, they're not showing up. You might, I hired an ISA once and uh, they got drunk at 10 a.m. on their first day. I recently wrote the book, Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI. Consistent and predictable income for real estate agents. I wrote this book because I have sold real estate since 2007 and developed an immense amount of experience and knowledge. During my journey, I've witnessed hundreds and maybe even thousands of real estate agents fail in this business. And I firmly believe that that's a shame. In Real Estate Evolution, I will show you the exact steps that I have used as a real estate salesperson to sell one to 15 homes every single month for the past 129 consecutive months. It took me more than two decades to learn the sales and persuasion techniques and more than one decade to master the real estate sales techniques to be able to produce the content that makes up this book. 
and it took me more than a year to write at a pace of three hours every single day. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income in your business, I invite you to get the book, Real Estate Evolution. And you can get that by visiting www.therealestateevolution.com. And I'll even give it to you for free as long as you pay for the postage. So Jennifer, so what, I mean, there's so much wisdom that you have about leveraging and about hiring. So if you were to, you know, start over from scratch today, what would you do differently in regards to the way that you do hire or, or the people that you hire or, you know, what would you do differently? It'd be so many things, but I would say probably the biggest thing that stands out to me is start with a big picture in mind. You know, I was just hiring for what I needed. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, and I didn't have a plan. You know, I didn't have, I didn't diversify. I was, I mean, like have a little grace. I got in at the end of 03, 04, it blew up. 05, I freaking invested. And, you know, I'm like just going along with the craze and not also having a tribe of mentors. So had I had the tribe of mentors back then that I do now, I wouldn't have built my business that way. I wouldn't have hired that way, you know? So when you begin with the long game in mind, it forces you to see where you want to be in one year, but in three years, in five years, in 10 years. And also traction will go through this too, because you got to see the big picture. You got to know where you want to be. And if you're getting into this business for just the the freedom, the, the easy money, like that's not the business for you. Because the two biggest things I see that for any real estate agent that wants to grow a consistent, like wealthy and wealthy, not in terms of just money, but wealthy in terms of your mind, of your spiritual bucket, your family bucket. I mean, why do we work this hard if we don't have a legacy to live for? If we don't have more to us than just we're a real estate agent and we're not just real estate agents, we are leaders, whether we know it or not. If you're a real estate team and you're preaching and you're leading by example, people are going to follow you. And with that, you have responsibility. So the big picture in mind, I would have seen like what happens when the market shifts? What, who am I going to hire for? You know, looking at different team structures, um, knowing like now when I look at an agent that comes and they're trying to leverage for the first time, I mean, I highly recommend a virtual assistant before I recommend an in-person hire. Sure. And then who that first person hire and what they're supposed to do is a different role than the role I had back then. It would be more that integrator role, right? Because I could tell you what, when I started to build my my team, what really changed it was in 2016, I had pretty much two integrators. One that was my integrator for a few years. We saw Quantum Leaps. She moved away to Florida and started her own team. And the integrator that I have now was the other integrator I had back then. Had it not been for them, I wouldn't be here. And so they have been the rocket fuel that has been put into the engine because no person can do it alone. Your first hire is the hardest because you're the one that was reporting to them, training them, reporting them, responsible to them. But once you start to grow a team, the big, the bigger you think, the easier it gets. There's a more like stupid crap I don't have to deal with. You know, now it's like when a challenge gets to me, I mean, it's a lot of brain calories. I'm not going to lie. It's like, well, it's a good question. Because if it's gotten to me at that point, it's usually not, how do I log into zip forms? Sure. That question would not come to me. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so curiosity, do you know how to log into zip forms? Yeah, no. And that's again, like why I rely on my team because 
I've been through hard markets. I've been a producer. I mean, I actively invest in real estate. Um, I do still actively take listings from time to time, but mm-hmm. you know, kind of out of the field with buyers. But yeah. my buyer agents, they are damn good. So I am. it's all about that collaboration of them helping the newer generation of agents come in. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the new guard come in, the new guard that's collaborative. They're not the old stuffy, like yeah. put your nose in the air and like keep everything behind closed doors. Because if God, if anybody found out, they would take all your business from you. You know, that's never been my mindset, but never have I seen an industry that has been as open as it is. You have a book coming out soon. Um, Tell me about that. I was actually in Austin last week, 4 a.m., got home Monday night, and we just, me and my writer have a ghostwriter, but it's a lot of my writing into it, but we finished it. So now it's out for draft and line editing. I'm launching it with Forbes, and the name of it is The Renaissance Real Estate Agent. And it was, I will say, inspired because I last year I became, I'm an all in or all out person. So I became obsessed with European history, obsessed with actually world history and Ice Age and some aliens in there. But uh, when I looked at the Renaissance and Leonardo da Vinci, especially, just read Walter Isaacson's uh, biography about it. Walter Isaacson's best biographer I know that lives today. But um Truly applying it to real estate, we are in the Renaissance. I've been through market shifts before. We aren't in a market shift. We are in an industry shift. You know, real estate is 10 years behind all other industries in the most emotional industry in the world. And we've been in a good market for 11 years. Most agents today have not been through a tough market. So when it gets challenging, there becomes fear. But knowing that what I've gone through is in every challenging market, there's more opportunity than there is yeah. in the flat markets. Yes, you are going to see a weeding out. But what stood out to me about the Renaissance, especially here in Phoenix, it, it's a art and it's a science when you're running real estate. You're not going to take a, here, here's your real estate business plan A, and you just apply it to an agent and they're successful. It always takes injection of a visionary of an artist, you know, one that is crazy. And actually stat that kind of blew my mind last week. And I'm like, no, but only 10% of the world's population learn for the sake of learning that want to learn for the sake of learning. And if you don't have a learning mindset in this business, you will die. Because like, if I didn't have the collaboration I had today, and it was reliant just on myself to figure it out, I would probably still be doing bincers at midnight. And I don't want to do bincers at midnight anymore. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be sleeping. I, at midnight, my goodness. I'm, I'm in bed by 8.30 if I must tell the truth. It's interesting, Jennifer, because when we started this conversation, Jennifer looked at my, like behind my shoulders, a, a bunch of books on one of my bookshelves. She's like, oh, you like, you like to read as well. And I, you know, when you asked me that, Jennifer, I was just sort of like, yeah, like that's just what people do. But you're so right that, you know, only really 10% of people actually take the time to actually, you know, learn. Really for, learn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they had apprenticeships back in the day, right? When yeah. Leonardo da Vinci went to go work for his mentor, his mentor, after he saw his first painting, said, I will never paint again. My student is more. Um, but beyond that, they had systems. You know, they were a lot of them were polymaths, meaning they learned a lot from a lot of different subjects and connected those patterns together. Luckily, my team doesn't have to do that. I'm the polymath. So astrology, I can even gauge my business based on astrology, believe it or not. But uh, 
with the Renaissance, and there was something in my ADD moment I really wanted to point out, um, is uh, definitely the creativity. And I think we're seeing that. There were 60 total books in 1465. Total books, 60, <laughs> the whole world. Wow. And there were Bible, right? And by 1500, there were 15 million. Right now, there are 2 million videos on YouTube being put out a day, every single day. So yes, we are in Renaissance. Now we have nowhere to pioneer. We have hit all geographical standards. Once California got hit, you know, we had nowhere to go. Where are we going? We're going up. (laughs) We're going up into the technology, up into the cognitive revolution. And that's really what changed in the Renaissance, right? It was people's minds. It was back in the 1300s. You can go to someone in England, a farmer. They wouldn't know what day it was. They didn't know how old they were. They didn't have a purpose. It was, we're just here. today. I think more than ever, we're questioning, who are we? Why are we here? I get deep in my book and I share my fails, the deep personal fails, because, you know, I lived 20 years as an alcohol addict, four years as I surrendered. And, you know, every year it's like a different level of spiritual transformation you unlock. But when I share those stories, I don't share them to get pity or attention, but just to know that when real estate like hits and you lose money or you don't know it, you know, it's all on your own and you have uncertainty in your life. That is when marriage problems happen. That's when you're not the best parent, you're the best friend, the best daughter, the best team leader, the best agent, you know, and to be able to have a team where you can trust that they're, they're actually, you're, you're working on your, they're balance you out. You are no longer going to be the smartest person in your room. And three weeks ago, we're having a leadership team with my now expanded leadership team. And I, I'm not talking very much. I'm actually listening. I'm like, good. 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 I didn't have to bring all my energy in there. I'm like, I am not the smartest person in my room and it's my own team. That's awesome. That's incredible. Put yourselves in those rooms. And I put myself in those rooms where I'm the puny little, tiny little gravel, you know, but it inspires me because I see there's so much bigger things we can accomplish. And when we put this into real estate, the most rewarding thing, yes, I love working with sellers. I love working with the good clients. You know, some of them are my best friends now. But when you actually change an agent's life where they can provide for their family, they can provide for their grandchildren, great grandchildren, they have a legacy, that's more meaningful than anything could ever be. Because I never wow. again want have anyone to feel that defeat or feel stuck like I did back in 2009 and 2010. Because there was a way, there is always a way. But got to have the right people around you. And I can't stress that enough. Jennifer, I think that's a great way to uh, to leave off in our conversation today. And I just want to thank you for being authentic and for being real and uh, for sharing a part of your story today. And and if I'm a real estate agent, I'm interested to, if I'm in the Scottsdale or Phoenix area, and I want to learn more about your company, how you can help me, or if I'm in a different market, I want to refer to you, how do I get in touch with you? Yes. Well, first check out our YouTube channel. So if you just go to YouTube, Google Jennifer Weiner, you'll see everything from some personal for agents, for buyer, seller videos, my market videos. You'll even see a workout series I did to promote health and the community before COVID hit. But uh, also Instagram. I'm big on Instagram. Um, you also find me on TikTok. So Jennifer Weiner. And um, we will be launching our podcast. Our network page is renaissancerealestateagent.com. But we are, um, we're, that site will should be done in about a month. It'll be a lot prettier. But also, <laughs> if you just DM me on Instagram, I um, we check our messages every day, every hour. If you just want to talk about your business, you know what you can do to incorporate your unique 
business, you know, and build on your strengths and what that path is for you. And truly, it's what I love to do. And that's why I'm doing it. And thank you. I really am honored here, Dan. I know you run such a high level community and it is all learning from each other that, you know, I enjoy most about life. Thank you, Jennifer. All right. God bless you. And I hope to stay connected with you. Namaste. Hate the feeling of missing out and not knowing where to start? Aside from grabbing a copy of The Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI, we also encourage you to join our ever-growing group, the Consistent and Predictable Income Community. Apply for a membership on Facebook and visit us at thecpicommunity.com online to listen to our previous superstar interviews. This is Mitch Steven. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting and interviewing Dan Roshan. Dan is a top team leader in the D.C. area with Keller Williams, and he breaks down his journey. He's somebody that, you know, struggled for the first six months, like so many real estate agents do, and then something clicked. He helped me tremendously, specifically with creating systems in place. It's very important to have a process in place that works not just for you, but for also the client. you are still listening, it is because you align with the CPI community. That means that you love to learn. You are ambitious, qualified, smart, and professional. Mostly, you understand that you're in charge to design your life. If you do not want to wait until next show is posted, I invite you right now to visit www.thecpicommunity.com, which is the official website of the CPI community. There, You'll have access to eavesdrop on past conversations I've had with the top salespeople, business owners, and entrepreneurs. The content is free and there's no opt-in. If you really want to hit the ground running, I encourage you to apply on the homepage of thecpicommunity.com to become CPI certified. It is a compensated service and those that have become certified have reported back that they have more than tripled their business sales and done so in 20% less time. The CPI certification is a part of the CPI curriculum, which is the blueprint where you will learn the proprietary process of CPI, which is the key to having consistent and predictable income for salespeople without letting time, money, and relationships fall through the cracks. Lastly, I invite for you to share this podcast with others who are competitive, love to learn, assertive, relationship-based, self-starters, just like you, so they can also benefit. And please leave us a rating or a review and subscribe now so that you'll be notified of the next show. Thank you again. I'll see you on the next show to your success.